right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. We've got a long-requested guest finally arriving on uh, today's show. Rocco Mediate is here to talk, of course, about the 2008 U.S. Open, but we're going to talk about a lot of other things as well. Worth noting, uh, Rocco, big fan of BioWave. This episode is brought to you by our friends at BioWave. This is a TC special. So he told me that uh, in high school, he used to have bad hip flexors, and he would get stem treatment on those, which is basically just shooting electric pulses uh, through the muscle to get it activated, get blood going. These are the take-home version of that. BioWave is a take-home version of that. You can use them on the rhomboids, and he's been using it on his lower back. He's been having a little, little trouble thanks to the lefty golf. So a little bit of detail on BioWave. It is FDA cleared, 100% drug-free. It is pro-athlete proven and trusted. Pro-athlete himself, Rocco Mediate uses this, as I mentioned. It's for chronic and acute pain and recovery. You can use it to warm up before golf, during uh, a round of golf, for recovery after, uh, treating any kind of acute or chronic pain. And one 30-minute treatment can provide long-lasting pain relief for hours. I'm lucky enough right now. I don't have a lot of pain going on, so I haven't tried this personally. But again, TC is swearing by this. Uh, this I, You may have even heard it going off in beeps on, on one of the live shows. He uses this uh, sometimes while, we're, while we are recording. It's made in the USA. It's comfortable, and it feels like a deep tissue massage. You can go to biowave.com slash Rocco. Use promo code NLU for 15% off. Again, that's biowave.com slash Rocco. Use promo code NLU for 15% off. Let's get to our interview with Rocco Mediate. Well, I promise I don't want to start here. I want to save this for later, but at least answer this this one for me, as honest as you can. Do you ever get tired of talking no. about the 2008? <laughs> no. I not even get it out. No, I do not. Okay, good. We are going to get there. I promise we're going to build up to it, though. But your game is, is something I've always had trouble placing, and it might be because I could never, ever, ever make a full golf swing uh, without a golf glove. Right. How did you get into golf? How did you get into golf? What, 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 where your your swing looks a little homemade, and uh, for people that hey, you know, hey. no, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I got into golf. Um, I, I didn't I didn't like golf when I was younger. You know, I grew up in Greensburg, five miles from Mr. Palmer, and you know, I really didn't know. I knew who he was. Obviously, my dad played on weekends. He was a nice player. My dad just retired a couple of years ago. He cut hair for sixty years, sixty two years. But he played every weekend, you know, with his buddies right up the street. The, the course he played was Hannistown Golf Club, which is – it was a quarter mile from my front door. Nine holes. Now it's 18. It's really nice now. But but we played it then. I'd go up and he'd have me caddy for him, and I'd get tired. I get t- I didn't like it after like two holes. So I'd just say, I'm done. I'd walk home. You know, it's five-minute walk. So I didn't really like it. I played baseball. Skateboarded. A lot of skateboarding when we, we were kids, believe it or not. I love baseball. I was a reasonable ball player. I could always hit a ball with a stick. Always any ball with any stick doesn't matter what it is, and I was always able to hit it. So I was a good hitter and a reasonable pitcher. I loved baseball, but when I got to high school, I wasn't as good as my arm was messed up because my dad had, my dad was on the farm league for the Pittsburgh Pirates as a pitcher. My dad was good. My dad was really good. Um, and he taught me how to throw a lot of different pitches at 12 and 13, and not good for the arm. <laughs> so I was wrecked doing it, and I wasn't good enough to play in, in the high end high school ball. So. But then my, all my buddies started playing golf, so I went with them. Who knew? 
when I was 15-ish, give or take. Well, it's always so frustrating when you talk to a pro that you know has had a lot of success in golf, and they tell you how late in the game that they picked it up in their life. Mm-hmm. And that, that seems late to me. And, and it, it always it, seems... It is nowadays, yeah. That I've I done enough say. of these interviews. I know the next part is where you zoom to being... You know, on the PGA Tour and great at it. So, like, how do you get? How do you go from you know picking up golf at a later age, as far as probably most professional golfers, to you know eventually breaking through and uh, making it in professional golf? Well, I didn't have any, I didn't have any issue, uh, plans to be a professional golfer when I started playing golf. I just liked golf and I liked the aspect of of solitude. Really, and I liked hitting things with 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 sticks. So. I hit lots of balls when I was younger, um, thousands of balls a day. I mean, I would just hit them all day. Um, and Jim Faree, who, who who played the PJ Tour and earlier in the 60s and then Champions Tour, and Jimmy's 90, 90 now, he would give me my basically one of my first, pretty much my first true golf lesson when I was in 1980 uh, when I graduated high school. The first thing he said to my dad was, he watched me hit some balls. He goes, you sure you want to spend 50 bucks an hour? Yeah, it was expensive back then. And they goes, yeah, he wants to learn to play. And he goes, all right. First thing Jim said to me, he goes, son, we, we laugh about this all the time. He goes, son, um, he was looking at my grip. He goes, your hands look like two crabs fighting on a stick. We got to fix that. So he changed my grip to where it is now in 1980. I never moved it a centimeter. Dead neutral, um, no, no, no leverage, just neutral. And um, so that's what we started with. And then my graduation present was lessons with him once a once every couple of weeks, and I was there pretty much every day for the whole summer. Well, it seems like you 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 know you were an athlete that picked up golf, and you had like a, a dedication to it that it, it made the, the timeline go somewhat quickly as far as uh, get, getting good at it, playing in college, and then going to the PGA Tour. What was the path to the PGA Tour like in that day? Did you, you know, after, during college, after college, did you think that, you know, you would be on the PGA Tour for a long time? No, 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 no. Okay. Oh, absolutely no chance. Um <laughs> I was not a, a good high school player. I was a mediocre at best college player. Um, I won two events in college and I went to Florida Southern. My teammates were Jansen, who's one of my dearest friends, and Marco Dawson, who's always been a good friend. Um, we had a pretty good team for a Division II school uh, in Lakeland, Florida. So I got there. I was in California State in Pennsylvania my freshman year. I didn't decide to go to college until my senior year of high school. I was just going to work for my dad and cut hair and sweep hair. You know, I didn't have any plans. So I decided to go to school, you know, just to go because I, you're supposed to, <laughs> right? So I went to school and I, after about a year and a half, about a year and a year and a half in, I was hitting balls up at the football field at Cal State. It was sleeting and 35 degrees and blowing. And, you know, I'm sick and tired of this crap. So I said to my dad, I want to go to Florida to go to school. He goes, excuse me? <laughs> How are we going to do that? Well, one of our buddies knew Coach Matlock at Florida Southern. A couple phone calls were made. Yeah, bring him down. My grades were, you know, C's basically. But I got into school and I went down there to, to play, and that was the end of that. So I got down there and I got to practice and play every day, like all year. And there was no winter, obviously. I was down there in the winter, so I got better fast. Striking. Striking, 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 striking. I, I drive up to Hilton Head every weekend. Well, every other weekend. Six-hour drive from Lakeland Hilton. I'd see Jim play at Long Cove, drive back every other weekend, basically. So I do that throughout two and a half years of school at Florida Southern. It is amazing how, uh, you know, I've lived in Florida now for three years. 
the year-round thing, how stark that difference is. Like, the, you don't have seasons. Like, summer is where you don't play golf down here. Yeah, right. So, it was like, I still, you know, I, I loved, I wanted to be like Jim. Jim never, well, basically never missed the middle of the face. Never. I mean, we, we'd go out and play, hit a pin or two a day. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous how good this guy was. Still hits a good 90. So I wanted to be him. You know, I use the same grips. I didn't use a glove because he didn't use a glove. I used a glove in high school for like a minute. And so I did everything he did. Or knickers for a lot for sometimes when I was playing amateur events. You know, I got a lot of heat for that, but I didn't care. Um, you know, I did everything he did. I wanted to be him um, as far as hitting a golf ball. And he told me something way back then, like in the mid early 80s when I was in high school, college. He said, listen to me, son. Great strikers will always outlast great putters for a career. They'll outlast them. They're going to get beat up some, but they'll still be there in 30 years. And he was right, because this is my 35th year and 27 on the PGA Tour. And I always, I didn't hit it better than everybody, I'm not, but I hit it solid a lot. So I survived as a, as a good putter, not a great putter, a good putter. Great putters win great big tournaments. Good putters don't. Um, and that was me. So, um, but I survived and I loved what I do. I mean, I never expected to win anything on the PGA Tour. And I got there and the, way, the only reason I tried tour school was because I didn't want to look back when I was 30 and go, I wonder if I was good enough to get on tour. And you made it through first try? Yeah, I did. Yeah. In 85. And then so that's just what's unbelievable. Maybe not unbelievable, but you know, that, that no, path is not I mean, there. Well, it's completely unbelievable. But that I've been playing golf there. for five years. Yeah. Well, six years, six years. I was playing golf for Davis. I played with Davis in the qualifier and I'd known Davis. And, you know, Davis was one of those college kids. He, you still, I still do. You, you just watch him play because he was so good and he hit it so far and so straight. He goes, when did you start playing golf? I went, and when I was 15 and we were going through tour school together, we made it to the same school in 85 at Greenleaf. And he goes, so let me get this right. You were playing at 15 and now you just got your car to 21. I'm like, yep. <laughs> and I had no business. But the, pro- the, 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 the beauty of that is if you get a week, you make it through. But if you don't, you have a year to go do something else. See, it was hard. I think it was way hard. Not because I did it. It was way harder back then. You didn't have 20-some events to plan. You had one. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way, I guess. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it's, it, it's breeding good. Trust me, it's breeding great players now. There's no question. We're not. I'm not downplaying what they do now. It's cool how golf's gotten bigger. And now the college kids are getting an opportunity. You know, if, if they play great, they can play some on some of the tours, which is great. That's what we're, It's like a farm system, right? But um, we didn't have that. And that was okay because we didn't know that that was going to ever come. So we knew once a year, if you played good, you could actually maybe get on the PJ Tour. And if you didn't, game was over for a year. <laughs> so there was some serious heat. A quick break here to remind you that if you're listening to this episode, that means Torah Sauce, our second episode of Season 6, the Oregon season, uh, is live on our YouTube channel. This episode takes us to the seaside town of Gearhart to an 1892 golf course. They claim to be the oldest golf course west of the Mississippi. Uh, TC went up here last year and came back and told us we had to had to make it back, and we did. It's an awesome episode. Uh, really excited for people to see it. So go ahead and check that out. This season is brought to you by our friends at Precision Pro. At every course in the, in the great state of Oregon, we used our Precision Pro NX9 slope range finders guiding us to the greens. 
I love the NX9. It has got a crystal clear image in it. It's got a very kind of satisfying uh, vibration when you when you gun the flag or gun. It's really good at gunning whatever you want to gun. It gets slopes, it gets trees, it gets bunkers, anything you want. The C-Suite, Strat Boys, and the NARC, we all trust Precision Pro Golf to get us there. Uh, so go and head to precisionprogolf.com. Use promo code NOLANGUP at checkout for $20 off our favorite range finder, the NX9 Slope. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. Get to the YouTube channel uh, once you're done with this podcast episode. Cheers. You get out to the PGA Tour, you know, how do you feel, you know, walking down the range? What do you go? Oh, no, this is a great, no, this is a perfect story because you just led me into it. <laughs> I might have known the answer to this. I might have led you right into it. Well, I get my tour card in, uh, in December of 85. I'm, I'm, I'm about to turn 22 in December 17th. And I'm a PGA Tour player now. I am the greatest player in the history of golf already. I haven't hit a shot in the PGA Tour. I, am a, I got my card. I am the, it's just ridiculous how you feel, right? Oh my God, I'm on the PJ Tour. So my first event is Pebble Beach, 18T. That was the first year 18T took it over in 86. And I go out there and I get off the airplane with my little vinyl PJ Tour briefcase they give us at tour school. And um, I get out there and I said to my caddy, I went, now I'm going to go and walk up and down the range. That was at the polo fields. You know, they didn't have the range like they do now. I said, I'll be back in like a half hour. Well, I walked up and down the range and I watched norman and watson who's my idol still is nicholas trevino floyd wadkins and as i walk by all these guys i'm like nope can't do that and i go over the other guy nope certainly can't do that and i keep walking up and down i couldn't find anything that they did that i can do i didn't get a shot yet <laughs> so rick smith who's still work with as, as a teacher i go inside and i, I get on the, the phone and i call him i need a shot i need to hit a warm-up shot and by the way, it was three hours later. Al's like, what the hell? Where are you? I don't know. So anyway, I go in and I call Rick. Yeah, Rick, it's rock. Yeah, yeah. Oh, everything's here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I've been up and down the range. I have no chance, none, <laughs> to survive out here. We have to change everything now. I'd hit a shot because I watched what these guys, these great players did. And I'm like, I got nothing compared to these guys. Hmm. Nothing. That's why, you know, so I, I took it that way to where, all right, all right, this is going to be a learning year. 99% chance I'm not going to have my card at the end of the year. I knew it before I hit a shot. I was going to say, was that accurate or were you psyching yourself 100%, out? 100% accurate. Okay, because you went and changed things from there and got infinitely well, better? We, well, we, we really didn't start then because Rick's, you know, back then he didn't travel as much and I was out there. I make the cut at Pebble Beach. My friend, I don't know how I made the cut. Then they rained out Sunday. Because um, it, it was the worst storm ever came, Fuzzy ended up winning that tournament. But um, so as as you know, then I I started we started nice changing, changing, changing. The homemade thing you saw is what we built to last. Very different, very athletic, very much motion back to the right, up to the left. We started that in '86. People laughed at us. They laughed. What's he doing? He's moving his head. Really? No shit. Move my head. I'm going to move it forever back to and back and up. Just like any other athlete does. So that's how we, I started. I knew it. I had no prayer. And as the year went, I missed The next cut I made was May. May. That was January when I went out to Pebble. I kept grinding. And I made the last seven cuts of the year. Finished like 30th, 50th, last. Made every cut coming in. And I had to go back to tour school. Totally knew I was. Finished third. End of story. 
at this point, you're you're you have the confidence to say I can do things out here on the tour. I knew I had a chance because now all of a sudden I can make my ball go where I was looking with a little more authority and a little different curve. I went from a high, a soft kind of weak fade to a draw. I changed the whole ball of wax. And so where in the timeline, and this might be jumping too far ahead here, but where in the timeline do back injuries start to you know play a role in, in your career? No, right? I, no, the only thing reason I hurt my back is in 93, I pulled the clubs out of the car the wrong way, and that was the end of that. Ugh. Not golf swing, not, not a, a, a catas- I just pulled the clubs out, boom. I felt it, and I went, uh-oh. And about three months later, it was the end of the game. And then a year later, I had surgery. Hmm. So that was all because of that. Nothing, nothing weird happened, really. Just, you know, tell you how you do it. And it's something you're still dealing with to this day. Did it ever, it got better, it got worse a lot. Oh, over it's, it's absolutely perfect now. I'm so, okay. I'm in such, I'm in some so fit right now. It's stupid. I am, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm high school weight now. I'm 170 pounds. I haven't been 170 pounds in four years. Hmm. You told a great story, and I listened to your your uh, interview on the on the club uh, club pro guy pro, uh, podcast as I was preparing <laughs> for this. Best. He is best. He's best. You told a story about playing in the U.S. Open a bit unexpectedly in '94, and the reason why you ended up uh, playing in that, and maybe you weren't play, planning to, and how that may have also set you back a little bit. I'm wondering if you could relay that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was at um, the USGA call, and I don't remember what month it was, but I was. That was 94. I was bad. I played at Tucson. I played actually pretty good at Tucson, but I was a mess. Uh, You know, I hadn't had the surgery yet, and I was trying to not have the surgery. And I wasn't in great shape, and I was decent. And I I, I just, I was decent at best. Actually, I I just won in 93 um, at Greensboro. So I had an exemption, and um, I was just, you know, I tried to play 94 some, and I get a call. I'm exempt for the U.S. Open. So I get a call, and I, I, um, uh, I forget who, I don't know if it was Tom Meeks. I'm not sure. I remember who called. He said, Hey, we're going to pair you with Mr. Palmer in the, in his last open because you both are from here and Oakmont's 30 minutes away, blah, blah. I went, excuse me. He goes, yeah, are you still going to play? I went, Oh, I'll be there. It was, and I went and played Westchester, made the cut somehow. I have no idea. Cause I couldn't walk hardly. It was a joke. And I get to Oakmont home, you know, I'm 30 minutes from 35 minutes where I grew up and you know, I got the boss playing with the boss. It was remarkable. Uh, I, I, you know, after 27 holes, I was like two out of the lead with him. It was crazy. It was a mess, though. It was I was just putting together a mess. Uh, that's what I was doing because I couldn't hardly do anything. I remember he said to me, "We're we're coming to the 35th hole," and he played great those two days. He should have made the cut. He putted just terrible. <clears throat> he played good enough to make the cut. It was remarkable what, what he did. We come to 17, and I hit a four iron off the tee. And he kind of will walk up and he goes, well, what did you do that for? I said, because I can't hardly swing my driver. He had no idea what was going on. I never said a word to him. He goes, what do you mean? I said, oh, I'll tell you someday. And anyway, I, I said, but coming up the last, it was the most coolest thing ever, ever in golf. But cooler than 08, just that one hole uh, playing with him. And the whole world stopped. And, it, you know, we, we, it was unbelievable. Well, because you guys had a relationship, you know, oh, yeah. prior to that, go, dating back, and and uh, you know, kind of how 19. did yeah, how did that happen? Yeah, tell can you tell us about like meeting the king and what that was like for a nineteen year old? Yeah, I had I had buddies. Um, I played at Greensburg Country Club, which is about five six miles from the trope. And I had buddy Chris Adams, Danny Bonar, dear friends, taught me how to gamble on, on the golf course and stuff, and we had a great time. They're really good guys, still good guys, and um they always promised me to play with Mr. Palmer. And I was very, 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 very shy. I mean, I couldn't even look up. I was so shy. 
So I'm about to tee off with my buddies at Greensburg, and I get a call in the pro shop. And, and Gloria, the Mike uh wife, who's uh, who's our head pro, said, "Yeah, um, Chris Adams." Was, I say, "Yeah, Rock, I got a game at Latrobe. You got to come out. It's big money. You can make some money for yourself. Blah blah blah. You're playing with me." Well, there's no. I had no. They didn't say anything about Mr. Palmer. So I looked at David Lucas. I went, "Dave, I'm out of here." He goes, "What?" I said, "I gotta go." I just blew my buddies off. <laughs> Because it was a money, right? I'm 19, so I go. I'm going to go play with these guys. Uh, I think Dave's still mad at me for that. But um, so I get out there, and you go. I parked. I you know it's, it's a 12 minute ride. I drive out, drive out 30, boom, pull into the trail, get out, clubs on back, walking around, and you go around the corner by the pro shop in the locker room. The first tee, there's a putting green, and I walk around the corner and I see him hitting balls on the first tee. There's no range left. He'd take a shag back it balls and warm up and guys would pick him up. We go play, he, you know, you go play. Well, as I walk around the corner and see him, I'm about 99% sure I'm going to turn around and leave because I know what's happening. Well, unfortunately, or fortunately for me, Danny goes, Hey rock, come on over here. He sees me. I'm like, Oh shit. So I walk over now. I'm not, I can't talk because I, I don't want to play because I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm, I just don't want to do this, but I have to now. <laughs> Because he sees me. Mr. Palmer doesn't see me because he he's never met me. So I walk over and they introduce me to him. And from that moment on, it felt like he was my father. Uh, that's And he was basically like a second dad to me, especially over the years. He he, he really did a lot for me. And not in not even in golf, just as, per, as, as a person. I've tried to listen to most of it. but And then we played. And I, I remember I shot 69, he shot 70, and I got I took 20 bucks from him, and it was the greatest day ever. He was not happy. <laughs> I hope he you was didn't not spend that happy. $20 bill. No, no, I didn't. I have it. Okay, good. But he, he, he just was very complimentary. He told me some things. You know, I still wasn't thinking about being a professional, but um, I, he was very cool that day and very complimentary. I was nervous, and um, we had a really good time. He was just it was one it was great and then we played a lot i played hundreds of times with them over the years i was gonna say it is amazing the people that were close to him or even the people that were not close to him that all will just speak to how if he was talking to you you felt like the most important person in the world somehow like everyone has this story and i i I, I was curious to get your perspective on that and how you saw him treat other people and how he was able to you know build this build this legend so he tried to teach me and he did. I mean, I became, you have to look people in the eye, son. You have to look people in the eye. So I learned to do that. It took a while because if I'd look at you, I wouldn't be looking you in the eyes. I was too embarrassed. I was too, too shy. So he taught me that I did that. He goes, and you also have to do this when someone comes out and you're in a, you know, this is, this is later when I got my card and everything. And, and he said, when someone comes out and they're watching you and they say something to you, give them something back for their money. Don't blow them off. I don't give a shit if it's the last round of the tournament. I, pr- I don't care when it is. Say hi. What are you doing here? Why are you watching me? I say this. Why are you watching me? There's plenty of better players than watching me. You know, I give them a bunch of crap. And he said, give them something back for their money. That's all you got to do. It's not hard. So because they're, he said, if they're foolish enough to pay money to watch you play, you better give them something for it. <laughs> he would just kill me. Busted my butt all the time. But he was tough. He was tough as nails. And he, and he made you a better person. But I've tried to do that my whole career. And have I been perfect? Absolutely not. But I've been as good as I could be with, with people and, and talking to them. Um, that doesn't matter what it is. 
Um, and, and, and so that's one of the main things because we're in the entertainment business. We're making a living, of course, but people are, uh, you know, people can touch you. It's not like they're in stands mostly. You can walk around with you and they want to know. It's okay. It's, it's okay. And, and a lot of guys don't like that. And that's fine too. But, but nowadays, you know, it's a little different, but it shouldn't be because it's the same game. Well, all right. I, I'm ready to, to talk about uh, a close call you had in a major championship. Um, some heartbreaks, some tough breaks. Uh, of course, your mind immediately goes to the 2006 Masters, of course, right? Yeah, oh, God, no good Lord, yeah. Oh, my God, that was a bad one. I think people, you know, remember that year for Phil, and I, I, but you made a very, very, very serious run despite dealing with some major back issues that week, I, I believe. So take us to that week, kind of what unfolded there on that on that Sunday and, and, and through that week. Well, I had a bunch of my buddies with me. Um, we were playing, and I was – I was still not good. I was still hurting pretty good in 06. You know, I was in really good shape too then. I, I really got myself back to playing order. And um, I, I'd i finished fifth in the U.S. Open, fifth or sixth at, at Pinehurst a year before. That's how I got into the Masters. Everyone's like, what's he doing here? So, well, he earned his way in. He <laughs> had to look up how you got in, actually. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I earned my way in. I, you know, I had a chance to win at Pinehurst. I mean, Tiger and I played the last round there too. I shot 71. He shot 70. It was, you know, I loved playing with that guy and loved playing with him because you had to, you had to come with it, um, obviously. But so I, you know, I played really good that week and, you know, I had a decent, and I, I was still hurting the whole time. I was piecing it together. Then in 06, I get to Augusta and I, I loved Augusta. They hadn't made it 12,000 yards long yet. Um, it was only about 8,000 yards long then. But um, so yeah, I, I started to play good. I was putting it good. I was driving good and I was hitting a lot of good iron shots, and, but I was hurting bad. And it was cool, very cool that year. You know, coming to, to Saturday, we I was right there. I was like tied for the lead going to 15. or I was right around the lead. I don't even remember. I was right around the lead somewhere. I drove perfect. I got a three iron in my hand. Perfect shot. Slight hook lie to a back left pin. It was absolutely, if, if you can say this, the easiest three iron shot you've ever seen. Because I liked hitting three irons. I didn't care. I, I loved hitting them, especially a little hook lie downhill kind of sitting up a little bit it was perfect and when i took the i was going to hit this big high sweeping hook into that back left pin and i I was ready and i was playing good i i I had no i didn't even see the water that's how good i felt i'm laughing because if you stand in that fairway that looks like an island green it looks like an island green but it just was one of those things you're like oh my god it was the perfect number i mean i couldn't screw it up I, i couldn't screw it up because I had a lot of club in my hand, but I was going to we're going to curve it 30 yards, so it's not a big deal. Because back then you could actually curve it 30 yards if you wanted to. I was going to land it middle of green, and whatever happened, I didn't care if it went to the hole fine, if it went a little long fine, it, it didn't matter. One coming up short, it was a perfect club. Well, I took it back. I remember taking it back, and as soon as I changed transition, when that split second, she went. Right foot went straight backwards. I hit a foot behind it, maybe more. The club bounced into the ball, and the ball came up short of the water. Think about that for just a second. It went about 90 yards, 100 yards. Now I'm on my right knee, and I'm going, what, 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 what just happened? You know, I knew what happened. It's happened before. But, I mean, everybody sees me. <laughs> I, how am I going to finish? How am I going to get in? So I remember kind of getting down to the hole, getting down to my second, third shot, 
which was in the rough. Well, I guess you'd say rough, the higher grass in the fairway there. Second cut. Be careful. Yeah. Yeah. It was only like 70 yards to the hole. Well, I hit a nine iron. I just took a nine iron and chipped it and onto the back fringe and two putter for par and got in. I double bogeyed the last hole. I couldn't finish. I had a five wood in, hit it in the front bunker. Couldn't. And anyway, long story short. And I still parred 16. I parred 17. I double bogeyed 18. And I was like a few back of the lead, but this was all in one day. We had to finish. That was, this was Sunday because we had to, the, the, we had to finish the third round Sunday. So I go into the fitness trailer and I went, what help? Can you get me five more hours? And they kind of started laughing. They're like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I couldn't, I literally couldn't walk. I couldn't put any stress on the right foot on my right side. Cause my, you know, where you know, the, the right side is where the surgery was. So anyway, I go out, warm up. All right, it's warming up a little bit. It's in the afternoon now. And I come out and I'm like, I'm playing literally perfect golf. Perfect golf. I'm a couple under par, coming down nine. And as I think then I was either around the lead. I don't think I was leading. I think I was right there. But Phil and the guys were like four holes behind me. Yeah, you birdied six, seven, and eight coming into that. There you go. There you go. See, I knew I did something stupid, right? (laughs) So I come to nine. And I drive perfect. And you know nine, you're standing on your head in the middle of the fairway. Ball's below your feet. You're at about a 9,000-degree angle straight down, shooting up at this green. I got eight iron in my hand. And Brandon's caddying for my buddy from home. And I said, B, if I hit this like I want, we could be done here. Because I got to get down on this thing because it's an eight iron. And I got to get it up in the air. And I got to – and it pins that front left pin. Uh, do you know what happens now? Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay. So I hit this eight iron. And I hit it right, perfect. It's right at the flag, but I'm on my knees again. I'm on the ground. And Brandon's looking up. This ball flies in the hole. It flies in the hole. Comes back out, goes down, comes off the green, goes down around the bunker, short of the green, dead. I'm still on my knees going, well, you got to be kidding. How am I going to pitch it to like three feet and make par? So it's, it's not even, I'm winning the tournament. I'm going to win this tournament now. Anything but that result is what you needed. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's I'm I'm it's oh I'm I'm going to take this thing apart and spat. I'm going to some if I can do this, I'm going to do this. I go ten, I par ten. Remember, I hit a driver, laid up with a four on just on the front edge, pitched it to a foot. Eleven, I drive perfect, hit it just to the right of the green. Don't get that one up and down. Hit a really pretty pitch, miss about a four footer, flip it out. So I'm going to 12, and I'm okay. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm I just get this ball somewhere left of the flag. Who cares? Make three or four, and let's get the hell out of this hole and let's go. Well, here we go again. So I'm over it. Just an eight iron. It's an easy eight iron shot. Smooth eight. It's gonna hit a left of the flag. Well, same thing. Got it back. Soon, I you know I've I've I've, I've watched this uh, shot. I haven't watched it in years, but after the after I'd watch and see because we were when we were trying to fix this back, we were seeing what was causing it. And as soon as I made the transition, it happened again. Right side went backwards because it wouldn't let it go. And I just, I almost caught, I I hit it about a groove low. Just a groove. Pretty looking shot. Right up until it hit about a yard short of the front fringe. Then it wasn't pretty. And I knew it, you know. And, you know, people can say what they want, but my body failed. Yeah, it looked like you were trying to save it almost. I watched the swing. Oh, my God, I tried to. Oh, I tried to. I tried. I almost did. It was two yards from being okay. Mm -hmm. Actually, it was two yards from being stiff. But I wasn't aiming there. See, that's what would happen. It would, the club would fall down, you know, get underneath it, get under, you know, Rick and I call it, get get under a little bit, and I'd kind of wipe it to the right. 
But this one I got pretty good, but it was too late. And then I made monumental mistakes after that because now I couldn't move. And I made a mistake on the drop. I learned that later on that I could have dropped that ball up way up there and just pitched it up over and made a five, right? Not 10, a five. No, or a four, maybe a four, but I dropped it back at 60 or 70 yards, you know, where you're supposed to drop it back apparently, but apparently it wasn't. And I, I almost ran out of balls because I couldn't get the ball to go. I couldn't hit it. I kept hitting behind it, behind it. They were just, they were going into the middle of the lake. They didn't even hit the bank. So anyway, my, I had two balls left. I said, B, how many balls? I was starting to, cause you know, it was so sad. I was playing with Miguel and he was in tears when we finished. Mm. Because he saw what happened. I somehow parred the next five. I'm, anyway, I hit it on the ground, make 10. Make about a six foot of a 10. So now we're done, right? It's over. So I get in. I, I, I might even have birdied 13. I don't remember. You parred 13. You, you bogeyed, bogeyed 14, bogeyed 18, and parred the rest. Okay, so that was pretty good finish. I had 80, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, that was one of the worst. But anyway, so I get done. And here's here's what – so I get done. And you know, they're under the tree, right? You know, everybody's under the tree waiting for them. Cause they want to see, hear about the car wreck. Cause I had a car, I had a major car accident out there. So they want to talk about the car accident. So I get up there. I go, all right, here we go. So I said, guys, I only have one question for you. Then you can take me apart. What's that? What's the highest score ever made on 12? <laughs> and they said 12. I went, so I did all that. I don't even have a record here. They lost their minds. They were on the ground laughing. It was really funny, actually, because I was like, what else am I going to say? Yeah. You know, I'd like to say I got up there and choked my guts out and fatted it in the lake. Well, I didn't. My body failed. Um, and, and unfortunately, it failed. I'd rather it have failed on Thursday and I missed a cut. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, you wouldn't have been out there playing in normal circumstances, oh, no. right? But you're in oh, it. No, you're no, like, no. I oh, might God. as well finish. Yeah, it was so much fun. Because I, I felt that if I could just stay upright, I could have a chance. And I, was I going to win? Probably not. But in my head, I'm like, you know, if I can keep doing this crazy stuff that I'm doing, I can, be, I can beat these guys today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, well, obviously I'll never know. <laughs> well, what amazed me, I, this is on your Wikipedia page at least, but between 06 and obviously we have 08, the U.S. Open, but you worked for Golf Channel in 2007 in between that? Yeah, 2007. I worked for three weeks. It just then the decided you wanted to keep playing? What was your thinking going into, into broadcasting? Well, because I was hurt. So, okay. like, you know, they, they asked me, and I said, yeah, I'll try it. And, by the way, it's way harder than people think. Yeah. Encore stuff. And I was with Rolfing as the greatest. I mean, we, we had such a – I had such a good time for those three weeks. But I'm I'm calling these shots before they're, these kids are hitting them because they're my – I'm still my – they're still my guys. I know exactly what they're going to do before they do it. And on the golf course, Kapalua, I played there. I played there a million times. Play, always played good at Kapalua. Then the next week at, at, at Wiley, I, I, I always loved Wiley. I knew what was going on. When I told Faldo that Gordos was going to win on Saturday night, he laughed at me. He goes, what? I said, just watch him drive it tomorrow. And he did. He won. I, I knew what was going on. But I also knew that if I'm healthy, I can do the same thing they're doing. I'm not even concerned. Um, it, my career wasn't over, but sometimes you feel like it is. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. you're like, oh, my God, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. You know, and every a lot. I'm not the only one, obviously. A lot of us have suffered from golf's a freaky sport. I mean, you're standing sideways, bent over with a crooked stick, trying to hit a ball that's looking at you. Going, Come on, let's go. Come on. Make me go where you're looking. And, you know, you, it, there's so much weird stuff going on. And my golf swing over 30 years has been very non 
confrontational for my body. I have no, nothing weird happens. You know, it's a very simple, big motion. There's not a lot of tilt. There's not a lot of, you know, crazy stuff happening. Don't hit the ground much. You know, one of those things. So it wasn't a golf swing issue. It was just back was no good for a while. Now, fast forwarding to uh, to the, the crescendo, if you will. I want to set the scene prior prior to the U.S. Open. Uh, what was your relationship with Tiger like? Had, had you gone toe-to-toe with him prior to that? And then kind of did you, did you have a good like first experience with him? Like, t- tell me well, about Tiger. I'm, well, I lived at TPC and from 93 to 92, 93 to 10 or 12, whatever it was. I don't remember what it was. A lot of years. When Tiger won the amateur at um, TPC, I went out and watched. No one saw me. He didn't see me. He didn't even know who I was. But anyway, I watched him play. And I remember going out to the tour going, boys, something's coming. And you ain't going to like it. <laughs> and this is what I mean. You know, is that he's going to. Is that obvious? Oh, shit. It was ridiculous. It was stupid how good this kid was. You know, obviously, uh, I call him a kid because he is a kid still to me. But I met him in 96. We played. I think we played a little bit at, at, at uh, um, Lytham. I think it was Lytham. And I met his dad. And I, I fell in love with his dad. His dad was just like, here's what he's going to do. Here's what he does. It's the way it's going to be. And you look at him going like, what? <laughs> but I, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yep, I can see that happening because it, it, he, he's a once-in-a-lifetime player. Okay, And you could see that when he was 20. You know, you could see that, you know, obviously what he did at Augusta in 97. But, yeah, so I, I knew him. I, we weren't close. I knew him. I was. I tried to help a little bit. Not that I, you could help, but I was nice to him. I, I, was, I like Tiger. I still do. And then in 99 – I'm coming out, you know, I have, I got my card back. I, I lost my, I didn't really lose my card. I, I just couldn't play, but I was still exempt. And I, I got my exemption back in 96 at Phoenix. I finished four, third or fourth and got my card back. I had like two, like five events to get my card back. I got it back the first event, which is good because I didn't have anything, no, no pressure. So I was back. Then 99 in Phoenix, Phoenix was a big deal. A lot of good things happened there. Um, I get there and I'm, I'm playing good. I'm in really good shape, worked hard in the winter and back's as good as it's going to be. And it feels good. And I go out and uh, I'm leading the golf tournament after the first two rounds. And I get paired with the man, the third round. Um, and I went out and shot 65, cut him seven shots, uh, playing with him. So I have a six shot lead going to Sunday and he's in the same group again, because on the last hole, we finished on nine. We had to start on 10 that because he's in the group and they need him on TV. How about that? <laughs> Which is cool. We had fog delays. It doesn't happen. I mean, if it was me, it's just me, we wouldn't have started on nine. <laughs> I mean, on 10. So we're coming up nine and I'm like seven, six. I'm, I shot 60. I shot 65, 600 on, on Saturday. And um, I hit it in the front bunker on nine, hit, pit, pitched it out a foot. He's got an eight footer to get in the last group on Sunday. Well, I want to play with him on Sunday because I must be crazy, right? I'm completely off my off my. Off. So I walked by before I said, "Knock this in, let's play tomorrow." Just like that, not a knock this in. I want your ass tomorrow. I said, "Knock it in, let's play tomorrow." Well, apparently, it. I don't know if I don't think it made him mad, but it, he he hit it, and about three feet short, he looked over. He goes, "You got me right in the middle, right?" And I went, Whoa. "What the fuck did I? What did I just say?" I mean, it was a nice, I want to play with him tomorrow. I didn't want to, I didn't say I'm going to kick your ass tomorrow. I want to play with you tomorrow. So now, so he, we shake hands, nothing said, right? And I'm like, what? I didn't say anything wrong. 
it was kind of a fun, I want to play with you tomorrow. Knock it in. That's what I'd say to you if you were on the last screen, right? Well, now I can't sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Now, mind you, I got a six-shot lead. It's not like a one-shot lead. I got a six-shot lead. For me to lose has to be something catastrophic has to happen to me, okay? Because I'm playing too good to shoot a bad score. So now I get there like eight hours before the tea time, sitting in the locker room. I'm getting ready to go, and I finally get up, go out, go out on the range. And Pete Bender, who's one of the greatest caddies in the history of our sport, says to me, he goes, what's your plan today, kid? Because I only have one plan, Pete. Because what's that? said, if I hit 14 fairways and 18 greens, he can't beat me. And I hit like 13 and 16. Can't beat me. Shot 70. Okay, he shot 67 or 8 or 9. And he shot 69. I, I ended up beating him by 3 or 4. And Justin Leonard had a hot round, and he ended up beating him by 2. But no, it was it – was, but then you saw what it was about. The crowds were remarkable that day on Sunday. You know, Phoenix is crazy as it is. Well, that's still one of the top grossing people showing up days in the history of that event. That was 21 years ago. So he brings it, and and he was great. He was, you know, I played really good. I mean, I hit it, hit it good. I didn't make anything the last day because I, I just didn't. But people were all over me. You're going to choke like everybody else does. And he had to stop me from going after guys twice. Really? He stopped me. He goes, dude, dude, get it done out here. Stop it. Leave him alone. And this is, he's telling me this. That's the kind of guy, you know, he was like, let's go. If we're going to, if you're going to beat me, let's do it out here and don't have to go kill anybody. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so yeah, it was really cool. So anyway, I get done. I I, I finish. I win the golf tournament. Tap in on 18. He comes up to me and he says this. He says, congratulations. Good to see you back. See, so why, how did he know what I've gone through? Because you had gone through five years of injuries. Yeah, of hell. Yeah. But he knew something. But the fact that he said that, it didn't matter why he said it. The fact that he said it was unbelievable to me. Um, I never forgot that. So, but, so playing against him and winning that, those, like I said, if I played Tiger 10 days in a row when I was playing on the PGA Tour, he's going to beat me nine. It always seemed like to me with Tiger that he genuinely appreciated when somebody gave him a great run and yeah, challenge. Yeah, you're darn right he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you almost just went up a notch in his book by being able to, you know, give him a, a good run or, or even beat you. It just was kind of like, you know what? It wasn't like he got bitter if he got beat by somebody, you know? No, no, no. It was, he, he just, he was like, like Jack was. You know, he, 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 if he lost, he was gracious. If he won, he was gracious. I mean, obviously. I mean, obviously, everybody's happier when they win, but. But the, the point was, I went toe-to-toe against the number one player in the world for two straight drays in front of four billion people at this golf course and won. So that was good. <laughs> and then you could – so are you pulling on that then in 2008? Like everyone else, again, well, in this time period is – Well, of wilted. course I am. Yeah, well, okay. And I played with him a bunch before that, and I pl- always played good with him. I always played good with him because I liked the noise. I didn't care people were moving. I didn't tell people to stop. I didn't go, oh, my God, look at these people. They won't. I didn't care. I didn't care. I like noise. Uh, it didn't bother me one single bit. And a lot of people said, oh, my God, what Tiger brings, I can't deal with. Well, guess what? You're going to lose yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he brings it. Not only does he bring it with game, but people come to watch the greatest player in the world. I watch him when I play with him. 
Okay, I'm not not paying attention. Oh, you're just going to stick to my own game and not watch him. That's horse shit. <laughs> it's horse shit. Okay, it is. You, I, you pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. I do. Um, not that I was anything special, but I never, like, it never scared me because I always expected the unexpected with him. Phil's the same way. You know, you always expect them to do things that you're not supposed to do because they are the greatest players that ever lived. We are just players. It's very simple. So going into the U.S. Open, I was playing good. You know, I, I played good at Memorial, finished fifth or sixth at Memorial, and I, I was playing good. I was driving it good. U.S. Opens, you got to drive it good. Well, most of us do. Some guys that, that don't still win that year. But anyway, <laughs> and, and he knows exactly what I'm talking about. But um, so I knew I was playing good. Did I know I was going to be in, in contention? I, I thought I could play good there because I liked Tory because it was firm. You know, it was a mile long. It was miles long, but it was firm. So I could play fine there because you drive in the fairway, the ball rolls. And I drove in a lot of fairways. I think I drove in most of the fairways that week. I, I was up there in the stats. I don't know what exactly I was, but I was probably in the top. I might have been leading a lot of the hitting stats, we'll call them. So as the week played out, I saw what was happening. You know, I was playing good, and I don't think I ever got over par in the event. I don't think I ever got over par. Well, when you think back on that week, and it, I, I had this question down, and now it kind of seems kind of silly with the enthusiasm you talk about it, but when you think back on it or get asked about it, is it happy memories? 100% happy. Good. Yes. Yeah. Oh, 100% happy because I say this that a lot of people ask the same question. Sometimes U.S. Open playoffs or U.S. Open finishes, we'll say, even if it's not a playoff, because there hasn't been many playoffs. There'll never be another one again, basically, like this, as far as 18 holes. You can either make somebody or destroy their career, depending on what happens. Now, if I would have came up to the last hole in regulation and made a seven from the middle of the fairway and ended up losing by one to him, that could ruin the career forever. Right. But that didn't happen. Okay. He made an amazing birdie and that he got in the, he, you know, he, he, you know, we tied. So, okay, that's fine. Yeah. What I've liked, I hit a putt on 17 on Sunday that I can't, I just hit it a little too hard. So I remember telling Matthew, I said, if this goes in, we're done here. It's over. And I hit it just a breath too hard and caught the, anyway, it was a really good putt. If that goes in, we're done. But I, I didn't, but I knew I had the chance a couple times. And on Sunday, I had a chance. I had the, I had the chance on Sunday in the last hole, um, which is all you can ask for. But that, that, that day was, you know, everybody in the press room, if you go back and look at that press room thing, it was pretty funny because everybody's wanting to know how I'm not going to get embarrassed. You know, um, you're a hundred millionth ranked player in the world. He's the number one player in the world. You are 150 years old. He's 30 years old. You, I'm like, guys, um, I've had enough here. I said, I'm just going to tell you. He was standing there waiting to come in after me. And I said, I'm going to tell you something right now. We're going to give you a show tomorrow. That I can tell you. I said, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll be there at 9 o'clock. I said, the, the, people are, they act like you can't get into, first of all, you can't almost win the Open on Sunday and get into a playoff on Monday because you got lucky. Yeah, you're, it's not, you've proven you can compete with him. It's not like yeah, you can't you get last. Some yeah. dumbest-ass questions. But, you know, and that's just, you know. So it was like I know for a fact that I'm better through the air than pretty much the field this week. 
So that's a huge advantage. So when I woke up on Monday morning, I knew for a fact in my heart, he ain't going to beat me. It's not going to happen because I'm too, uh, I'm, I'm driving it too straight. I'm hitting my, I'm hitting it on the greens a lot. Putting okay. Actually, I didn't really putt that. I'm, honestly, if you look at some of the ones I missed all week, it was, well, everybody did. But my point is when I woke up, there's no question in my mind I was going to win this golf term. Well, did, None. did he feel, did it feel, for somebody that had gone through so many injuries like you had, and you can see the injuries that he's dealing with, did that help, did that make him feel any more vulnerable to you? Did, did, you know, was it like, I, I know I'm going up against Tiger, but this is not 100% no. Tiger, no? <laughs> There's no vulnerable when you play this man. <laughs> the only thing I knew would be vulnerable to him was the fairway. If I keep hitting fairways and greens, it's going to, I don't care who you are. It's like, what, Really? If I keep doing that, and the U.S. Open, that went, that brings home the silverware. Used to. <laughs> okay? But, um, so I, 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 there was no, I felt no, I expected no weakness from him. And if you notice, if, you know, one thing no one noticed, I did. The last day in the playoff, there was no fist pumps. He had ample opportunities for them. Not one. Not one. Go back and look at it. Any reason for that? I, I don't know the reason. I we haven't Tiger and I've never sat down and talked about it, which makes me sad. That's crazy. I'd have to spend a couple of hours with him someday and just laugh and go, "What were you thinking about there?" I mean, come on, you can't make that again. So you know, I want to bust his balls a little bit, but it's never going to happen. But um, what was the question before I? I, I, I I'm losing track. I'm getting so lost in this story. It's it's but that that to, to that point, I want to go on that. Like you guys have never. What your relationship has been like since then? You guys have never. I know there's the uh, the, the autograph story. If oh, you don't yeah, mind. oh, 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 yeah. You asked why uh, the fist pump. Yeah, thing. I think this. This is what I think. I think he knew that I knew that he knew that I did not care that it was him. I it, he didn't have an advantage because it was him when I played with him that day. There, there was no advantage. He just had the advantage because he's better. <laughs> You see, and and that's okay to admit too. Guys are like, well, I didn't play. No, he's better. Okay, the, the greatest player in the world is better than all of you, and still is, by the way. Just saying. So, so if you look at that, I didn't care that it was him, but I was so happy it was, because I wanted before that open. I remember telling some of the people I was around after Phoenix. That was what ten, twelve, eleven, whatever, nine years before, right? Now, yeah. I wanted one more shot at him in any tournament just to, before I'm done. Cause I'm 45. Yeah. I'm 45 at the time. I want one more shot and see if I can do this again, you know? And I got it. I got the shot. I didn't want anybody else. I was glad it was just him and I Westwood had a putt to tie. He just missed. I was happy that, that I had this chance. Yeah. Did I want to win? Of course I tried my ass off on Sunday. I mean, I, it was ridiculous. I'd never been in that situation. It was, it was so much fun. I couldn't stand it. Couldn't feel anything nervous shots kept coming off most of them. But so I was ecstatic that I got a chance in front of the United, the world couldn't hide, you know, here we go. Yeah. God. The only thing I thought about Monday morning was how in the blessed heart of Christ can I drive my ball in this first fairway again? Because I drove it pretty much every day. And I hit, I, I, you know, I, I, I was up first and I hit it right down the middle of the fairway. Went, okay, we're okay now. <laughs> so I, I want to unpack this, the way you just said there. You couldn't feel anything. Like your, your body was just, you were just riding on a high and, and the nerves were that and I was real. just reacting. I was just reacting. I was going through my, 
my routine that I have, which is simple. It's a quick one. And I was trusting what I was doing. I didn't remember some of the shots I hit on Sunday. I, I you know, the shot I hit into 17, I, I, it was one of the prettiest seven irons I've ever hit to this day ever and probably ever will be. And I looked up and I went, good Lord, and have a look at this one. You know, don't, you know, it was so nervy. It was just so much fun. I wish I could. Do. And those guys do it every, you know, way more than I do. I do it every so often. They do it all the time. It's amazing. Well, is there anything, and I'm, I'm kind of aiming for some things that you may not have told over the years, uh, but was there anything that Tiger said at any point, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, that you found, you, you've, you know, is, is etched in your memory? Anything he said to you that was just kind of like, wow. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking for something there that you know may have may have gotten lost to history. No, he, he didn't say. No, we talked when we when we played. I remember he had his tee shot. He played the first hole like seven over, right. something stupid, right? Crazy that he's still in. The, he's still here. And I remember he hit it, kind of hit it. He he didn't hit it terrible, but he kind of blocked it to the right, of course, because he hit it fifty thousand yards left every other day, and it hit off the right, left edge of the right bunker and kicked back in the fairway. And I remember I looked back, going, "Oh, sure, today you drive in the fairway." <laughs> we lost it. He's laughing his ass off. You see that in the thing. Mm-hmm. Because it's just another round of golf. It's the biggest, it's the most prized thing. And, and my, you know, it was the most cherished thing I would ever have wanted. I'm sure that he feels the same way, but it's just another round of golf. We're going to go out and try to kill each other and try to show the world how good we can play. That's what we're trying to do. And, and one thing I wanted to ask you is uh, on the uh, 91st hole, the, 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 the last hole, he's got a, he's got a putt to win and he misses just short and they cut to you and you're laughing before you hit your putt. And what what was the reasoning behind that laugh? If there is one, because because I thought he won the tournament right there, you know. And now I got to make this fifteen footer to tie, and I really thought I was going to make it. I'm like, all right, all I got to do is give it some pace, and it's going to go in. Because I wanted to keep playing; it was too much fun. I want to still be playing that event, you know. But I hit the tee shot. I blinked. I blinked first, and that, everyone said, "Well, why they pick seven? It's a dog leg, right?" It had nothing to do with it. Mike Mike Thomas picked seven six months before that because it's right by 18 okay and who there's not going to be a 19th hole in the U.S. it's not going to happen okay but so i i blinked i tried to hold it off that bunker and didn't i didn't try to hook it to the right like i usually do i was trying to hit it inside that bunker and let it fall to the right and it didn't and it got in a bad place because i hit it in a bad place and then i was dead then i had a pretty good pitch i you know i hit it in the stands i couldn't get it over the lip it was just right if it's a foot to the right i might could have got it on the green but it wasn't, and I had nothing. I mean, not with a six iron. If it was an eight iron, I, I had, but I had a six iron, so I couldn't. And I, I hit it there, dropped it, and I hit a pretty good pitch out of a horrible place, which I deserved to be in. And then um, I hit a pretty good putt too, just a little high. In, in Tiger's press conference afterward, or in, you know, he's getting interviewed on the 18th green, or, um, and he referred to your guys' friendship. You know, he said a great friendship, something like. That. Would you would you describe it that way, or you know, because from what I've heard from you know the autograph story, which I'm going to ask you to tell as well afterward, that and the fact that you guys have never sat and talked about the U.S. Open, uh, that that I, I just wonder if that was kind of like uh, that that comment just kind of surprised me with everything I've heard that's happened. Yeah, after. we we were we we talked a little bit over the years, and we played a bunch over the years, and we we always had a good time playing. He was always good to me. He was always nice to me. You know, I don't know what happened with the autograph i'll tell you the autograph story it, it's stu- you know people laugh about it but it kind of bothered me because i'm like really i mean really all i wanted was something i could put in the wall and show the kids that's it you know i, I don't want anything special i'll just say rock you got lucky to even be there could you tell the story real quick for those that haven't heard it 
Yeah, I asked him to sign. I said, hey, sign this for me. I'm going to put your locker. I got the pin sheet. Only four of them made. I got the I got the um, picture. Him and I, I'm, we're both laughing. He's got the trophy, and we're both laughing. Great picture. Great picture. So I'm like, personalize it for me. Say something stupid on there. I don't care what you say. You know, you're, you're, you're lucky or what you're old. How'd you get here? You know, anything. So I'm putting the wall. So I can hear Look, boys, look what I did in 2008. Isn't that cool? I lost, but damn, I had a good time. Well, I get the picture back. It's got his signature on the bottom right. I'm like, really? There's no nothing. I mean, nothing to rock a great week or uh, you got lucky. Something. Yeah. Bust my balls. Do anything. I don't care what you write on there. I'll put it on the wall. Well, I ain't got nothing on the wall. Makes me mad. Didn't even sign the pin sheet. So I'm like, really? You're, you're treating me like the other people? We had something special for like six hours. <laughs> okay? It was really cool to me. Not another notch in his belt. One of the funnest days I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Still to this day on the golf course. And I think that's what made it, you know, the story that it is, is that the, the fun you were having was evident to everyone. Oh, my God. In heaven. It was a joke. Yeah. yeah it was it was hilarious. I mean, you could have handled that two ways. You could have been super nervous and competitive, or you could have had fun. Well, I was very, very nervous, right. but you have to. Of course you are. You're darn right you're nervous. You're nervous as a tick out there, but it's a good nervous. You know, I would have been really – well, I wouldn't have been there. If, if I wasn't playing good and in that position, then you're really nervous, but you can't be not playing good in that position. I mean, you can't be. So it's just the way it was. But, yeah, that, that bothered me. I mean, I'm over it now. I, I love the guy. I love him. I watch him every time I can watch him. You know, I was mad at him for years because he, he kept messing with his golf swing with the wrong people, and you see what happened. And I was a little vocal about that, maybe a little too much, but it was because I cared. Um, I, I wasn't trying to be mean because, you know, he's probably mad at me. For that. I don't really know. I haven't talked to him in years, but I still love it. I am not surprised that he won the Masters. I won't be surprised if he wins a couple more majors at all. I mean, his golf swings back where it belongs. But, um, you know, it was fun for me. But it, it didn't hurt me. You know, that, that term, yeah, it, it hurt for a couple months after. It hurt a lot. Uh, because it just hurt, but I lost in a way where I lost. I didn't get, I got beat. I should say I didn't, uh, uh, do something bad. Like, you know, no one talks about this. Think about this 90th hole. Okay. The only way I can drive far enough to get to that green is at a big low, like a nasty hook. So it rolls. I did it the first day and knocked it on the first day, but I couldn't hit a pretty one because it wouldn't go anywhere. Like he had a pretty one. He had a five iron in his hand second shot if i'd have killed one i could have got a three wood there probably okay and i would have if i but i tried to hit it hooked it in the left rough again because that's where it was going to go and i laid up and he hits it on the green which i knew he would i had a pretty good nervy wedge about 15 feet left of the whole pin high so it wasn't bad you know it's nervy nervy and I had, it was like it wasn't a full wedge it was i couldn't get the other one there and i had to kind of chip it hard to do in that situation <laughs> so i hit a good shot so here's what no one talks about. So he's got a 40-some footer for Eagle. I got a 15, 18-footer for Birdie. If he makes and I miss, I lose. If he misses and I make, I win. Neither one of those things happen. He knocks it four feet by. I hit mine a little too hard, but at least I had pace. And it never really broke much. And Even if I'd hit it where I wanted, I think I'd miss it left. But we'll never know. It goes three feet by. So now we both have these putts. Now the greens are as good as they are because it's just us, right? He's got a four-footer. I got a three-footer. 
If he makes and I miss, I lose. If he misses and I make, I win. Same scenario. The genius of Tiger Woods is this. The putt he hit slammed into the back of the hole. It didn't just go in. It sl- if it misses, it's 10 feet by. That's what he that's why he was great. You know, he hit it absolutely perfect right in the middle. Well, no one talks about this. I got three feet. I miss. We're done here. Three feet on any per, on a perfect green or a po green. I don't care what it is. It's not. Ta- it's not just go up and hit it. But that's what I had to take it as, and that's what I did. That's the perfect length of like enough to be nerve way enough to be nervous enough like the perfect length of like I I'm an idiot if I miss this. Of, of <laughs> course it is, and that's well. I'm not only am I an idiot. The career's over. <laughs> It's that's one of those times where you, when you look back, you, you know, if I miss that, I might have been done forever. Right. Could you imagine? Yeah. What all of a sudden I got a putt to win, and now I just lost. <laughs> Do you have any any regrets from that week? Anything you look back and said, I just wish I'd have done this, and maybe I would have won. Um, no, I wish I'd have been the putter the putter I am now. You know, I, I missed a lot of putts. I mean, we can all say it. You know, you go. We could all say what happens uh, during a week, any week. But, you know, I, I hit that putt on, on, on the 71st hole really good. I thought I made it when it left the face. It was just a little green was so fast back there. But, you know, I had I hit it, you know, I went five feet by, I made that one, you know, for par. But um, a- after that, but no, I wish I'd have been a little better putter because everything else I did really, really, really good all week. The golf swing worked. I hit it really good. I pitched it good. My bucket game, all that crap was good. I, I just, if I was a little bit better putter, I might have won the golf tournament. Might have. Southern Hills in 01, if I was a little better putter, I would have won that golf tournament. I know I finished fourth or so, but I was right. Three putted three times in the back nine. And so yeah, I look at it that way. But no, the regrets, no. I learned a lot about what I've done in my career and how it would hold up against See, you don't get that test. It's a test. You don't get the world watching, the world, and then you don't get him. I don't care if he had one leg. You don't get him. He never winced on Monday. He never went down on Monday. He never did anything on Monday that he did the rest of the week. What did you do the night, the Monday night after uh, after the playoff? We went up to some my buddy's place in um, uh, L.A., just outside of L.A., and we had dinner and stuff and hung around. Then I did the Leno show the next day, and I got a lot of crap for that. <laughs> Why is the loser get the Leno show? Well, because Tiger couldn't, okay? They asked me to do it, so I said, yeah. Who would say no to the Leno show? Right. Yeah, like like it was me, like I'm some kind of ass that I did the Leno. It was so much fun. I was so – talk about nervous. Holy crap, was I nervous. Put you in something you never do, then you're really nervous. But he was great. I had a great time. It was fantastic. You know, I told the people, stick it in your, you know, shove it up your ass. You don't like it. Don't watch. It wasn't my fault. I didn't ask to be on the show. They, they asked me. Letterman wanted me to do the show. But I couldn't get there. I was in L.A. So, I mean, it wasn't my fault they called. <laughs> Tiger couldn't do it. I was going to say, he wasn't doing these anything. stories need to be told. Like, uh, there shouldn't be. Yeah, nobody... Tiger couldn't do it. I did a couple things for him. And I did one thing for him at his event in, um, in uh, Congressional that year. He asked me. Hey, can you cover for me? Because he's not playing, you know. I said, of course I can. So I did a little thing for him there. It was it was great. That's what it's about. It's just you know, like I said, it's what it's about. 
And yeah, I don't know why we never talked. I don't know why he didn't sign my personalize my thing. People think it's petty, but for on my part, I'm like, it's not. I wanted him to personalize my pitcher. When's the last time you were in a U.S. Open playoff with Tiger Woods? Oh, never? Sorry. Then you don't get to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in agreement with you there. Yeah. I mean, it was just something I wanted. That's all. It's no, I, I, like I said, I, I harbor no. I love the guy. Love him. I, I love what he's up to. I mean, I remember we're talking after he went through that hell, um, you know, back when all the crap happened at the house, you know, whenever that was. And I was going through, I was separated and going through you know, all this other stuff. And I remember a news, somebody, I think it was ESPN called me and they said, so what do you think about what's going on? I said, first of all, we don't really know what's going on because we weren't there. And I said, second of all, if you're perfect, I mean, we're not, we all do things that we're not supposed to do. And no one's perfect. Okay. So I take from this, this things, these things happen. Okay. We don't know what happened. We weren't there. Whatever we're hearing is probably not true. Well, the next thing, another cheater talks good about another cheater. That's what you get back from trying to be, do the right thing. You know, because I was separated and he, whatever happened, we don't know what happened. Still, we don't know what happened. And we, who cares? But my point is that that's what happens. You back someone up because you, that's what you do. And you get barbecued for it. It's hilarious. I just laughed my butt off. I said, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you're going to get if you want an answer, ask me, I'll give it to you. You look at that and, you know, people try to take people down. They think everything's perfect. You know, Camelot, it's perfect. No one. He, he's the greatest. He doesn't make mistakes. Well, of course he does. Of course, everybody in the world does. OK, but when he makes a mistake, everybody gets to know about it nowadays. When I make a mistake, nobody knows about it, really, because no one's watching. <laughs> See, so you got that going for you. <laughs> Well, one thing I, I uh, know I'm keeping you a long time here, but one thing I definitely had on my list here uh, to talk about and I didn't want to rush through because I do think it's a very important topic. But in a Golf Channel interview uh, a couple years ago, you detailed some of the struggles you've had with alcohol over the years and that you've that you've no longer uh, drink alcohol. I'm wondering if you could kind of describe uh, what you've gone through in that front and, uh, you know, you being sober for several years now. Yeah, alcohol, it'll be three years in October, but see, people think it was a struggle. It wasn't. I just liked it. <laughs> there was no struggling. It was just a matter of what do I want the rest of my life? You know, I have a five-year-old daughter. I have an unbelievably fantastic wife. I have three older boys that are fantastic. You know, do I want to keep doing this because I like it and it's fun or really? You know, my golf, everything was suffering. And I didn't do it on, I, it took me a while to convince myself this needs to be done. It took me a while. I had people around me telling me, but you, it doesn't matter what people around you tell you. If you, t if I tell you, you got to stop doing something because it's bad for you, you're going to go, yeah, I already know that. I, I already know. Unless you want to stop, you're not going to stop. And I made a decision. I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of this crap. I've had my, I guess, fun. You could say, I really don't know if it was fun. Um, and uh, so when I I decided on a, I think it was October twenty third. That's the, one of that's those the days. date um, I have in, from an article I read. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years. It'd be three years. Three years in October. Um, that that was enough, and that was it. Not even sniff. I don't. I don't miss it. I don't don't crave it. I don't. You know, go out with people. Do you mind if I have a drink? I'm like, what? If it's gonna bother me that you're drinking something, I got a serious problem. I had a habitual problem. What does that mean? Habitual is a habit. Okay. Uh, an addiction is not a habit. 
Okay, this is my talking, not a doctor, not a scientist. This is what I call I call I call myself. I was, oh, I still am, I guess you would say. But because once you are an alcoholic, you are an alcoholic. They don't it doesn't go away, right? It's like a buddy of mine goes, well, no, since you stopped drinking, are you not an alcoholic? I said, no, I think I still would be considered one because I had to quit something because I kept doing it too much. So that would be so. But a habitual is it was a habit. I started with pain. You know, it took the pain away. Didn't take many pills. I did some, but not nothing that never affected me, which is amazingly good. But, you know, I, I took some for pain. You know, I, I, of course you do. Um, but the alcohol took it away immediately. Vodka takes it out fast. And that's what I wanted. Because I had to, I wanted to play. Okay. But I knew it was going to be an issue down the road. I knew it. I, I mean, I'm dumb, but I'm not stupid. So as I kept getting better, and I, I could play quite fine drinking for a while so this is going on during tournaments on the pga tour well hell yeah it is well not necessarily pga tour very little there mostly started champions tour and i was starting to hurt okay. again and i was i weighed 260 pounds too but no not much on the pga tour some yes yes some yes the pain would be gone see i was a morning guy because when i woke up it hurt okay i wasn't i didn't drink at night because i was too tired to you see where i'm mm-hmm. going so the pain would go away and i'd be able to play great not all the time, but sometimes. Well, then when the pain was gone forever, when I, you know, but by the back got good, I still like that feeling. There's where the danger lies. It was already danger before, but now it's big time. And I knew it. I'm like, dude, this is going to cause an issue. And it did almost. A, it, it, nothing bad happened, but it could have. I was very fortunate. It didn't hurt anybody. Didn't wreck anything. Didn't, didn't, you know, I probably said a lot of really stupid things, but you know, the, the, you know, that's fine. But so, yeah, it, it, th- that's how it all started. And it was a pain thing. Um, and that's all it was. And it was a habit. So how do you get rid of a habit? If I'm making a move in my, if, if I'm making a bad move in my golf swing and I want to get rid of that bad habit, I get rid of it. Period. At least I try to. That's how I, I handled alcohol. It wasn't in my blood yet. Let me put it that way. If it gets in your blood, you got issues. You got rehab. I don't want that. And I didn't have, I didn't know if I was that guy yet or not. until I woke up the next morning and I went, Oh, this is no big deal. I can do this. So I did. So habitual same with like, you know, I quit chewing tobacco for three or four years ago. Same thing. Habit, not addicted. If I'm addicted, I'm still chewing. That's how I got lucky to beat that was because it, it wasn't in my blood. It wasn't a part. It wasn't a part of my body chemistry. Cause once it gets there, you're done. And you had an interesting quote about when Tiger had his DUI in that you – I wondered if you could you could relay your reaction to that. Yeah, my reaction was, yeah, totally get it. You'll do anything. You'll do anything to be able to do what you got to do. Anything. And then you're the best player of all time and you'll do anything. It doesn't matter who you are. The part that I found interesting, though, was you said that you, you, were, you never got caught. Oh, no, I never got caught. Oh, I could have got caught a million times. And who couldn't of name one person, you know, that drove home when they shouldn't have drove home and didn't get caught. Everybody. Yes. Never got, never got pulled over. Never did anything weird or hit anything or nothing like that. Not that it happened a lot, but it happened. It happened for sure. It happened. I mean, like I said, people listen going, oh, I can't. Well, guess what? You did it too. <laughs> okay. So calm down. It happens to all of us. So just because we're, I, I shouldn't say we, but when you look at Tiger, what happened with Tiger? Well, just because he's Tiger, what he's not human. 
of course, we didn't think he was human for quite some time. <laughs> we, you know, the, the way he played the game, it wasn't human. It was completely not human, what, what he used to do to, to golf courses. But, but, oh, so he can't do that. He's not allowed to make a mistake because he's Tiger Woods. Horse shit. Of course he does. And, but the only, the only weird, the only bad thing about that is everybody knows because he's Tiger Woods. He's the number one guy in the world. He's this, he's the most recognized person on earth, basically one of them. So yeah, he he gets way more heat for that than normal people would get. And then the normal people go, well, that's ridiculous. He can't act like that. Well, why? He's a human being. I did an HBO thing that's coming out. I think I talked with them and they tried their heart out to get a lot of us to say terrible things about what what's happened over his career. I'm like, what? If he's the only guy on earth that does this, then yeah, that's a terrible thing. But guess what? He ain't. Everybody does. There's no perfection in this world. Not one person. And um, when, when those things happen to people, people like to take a shot at him because he's the best and they're, they're jealous or they're this or they're that. Well, guess what? How, how do they like him now? See, he's back in the norm. See what I'm saying? That's what, that's what happens. Yeah. People love you on your way up. And when you're at the top, they're ready to tear you down for, for anything. You they get can't stand it. They can't stand it. And all of a sudden now, you know, he was what the comeback he made will go down as one of the greatest in sports history, period. But people love that. They're back on board. See, back on board. You know, we, we don't know what he's up to. We don't know if he hurts. He looks great. He's swinging great. You know, he's the only thing Tiger's not doing now that he always used to is making more putts. That's what's stopping him. If he starts putting half as good as he did before, he'll win more golf tournaments. Simple as that. So those, those times are fun. One of the best things that ever happened after the U.S. Open was to win fries. That's right. In 010. See, because I didn't want the Open to be my last anything. It was fine. If I wouldn't have won fries, I still would have been. But that was it. I got to win again against the PJ Tour field on a great golf course at 47, almost 48. And it put me right on the Champions Tour. Boom. Right onto the tour. I never stopped playing for 27 years. And I played Champions Tour. So that was huge. You weren't qualified for the Champions Tour but before you won that? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying I, I, oh, I was totally qualified forever. But, 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 my, but my point is that I played through the PJ Tour up right to the Champions Tour, which is great because I never lost any. You know, I didn't really play great after I won in 2010, but, um, you know, I was still a mess here and there and a lot of things happened and uh, personal crap. But um, otherwise, it was it was the, one of the greatest things that ever happened. Well, you won, did dramatically, too. You hold out. Yeah, it was, it was stupid. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was predestined, apparently. <laughs> Hole in one on Thursday. You hold out from 160 on Friday, from 111 on Saturday, and then on the 71st hole. 117. You hold out from, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was dumb. It was, awesome. you know, they said, well, no one's ever done that before. No kidding. Who's going to do that stupid things that just happened? It was stupid. I mean, how do you ask a guy on a 71st hole when you're standing 117 yards out and he hits a driver from the tee because I, I couldn't reach you and I had to lay up to three feet to mark his ball? How do you do that? I remember I said to Alex Pru, who's a wonderful guy, I go, Alex, um, would you mark that? He goes, what? I said, I know, I know. But things are weird. Things are going on. And he marked it in. in. It was it was it was absolutely ridiculous. Whoa! Ridiculous. I never heard the marking the ball story. Oh God! Holy yeah, crap. I asked him to mark the ball. Yeah, I asked him to mark the ball. Yeah. 
Who does that? I said to Matthew, I went, Matthew, he, I got to have him mark that ball. He goes, what? I went, well, it's right where I want to land. Well, I was going to say, he, he's going to tell that story either way. If you oh, stuffed he's like, it. this asshole <laughs> asked me to mark the ball. I'm like, I, you call me whatever you want. I just, I'm sorry. Plus, it gave me a few seconds to kind of gather myself. Yeah, the fact that it went in was stupid. But, you know, I, I, I just had to fly it a little left of the hole, and I did. It wouldn't have hit it because I looked at it a few times, but it just missed it. <laughs> Well, are you uh, are you planning to come to uh, Jacksonville next fall for the Furyk event? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's well, good. To, yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's good to have Jimmy out there. I, I just kind of wish he'd stay in the PJ Tour, frankly. Yeah, he's kind of <laughs> he's kind of being a little bit of a bully down there so far. Yeah, but. being a hundred percent so far. I'm going to just tell you right now, he can't sustain that for the next five years. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell him I said that. Rock said you can't win every tournament. No, you can't. But I tell you what, if he wants to be one of the greatest or the greatest champion store player of all time, he can be. He can win a lot of golf tournaments, that boy. He's well, mm-hmm. I'm asking that because we, you know, we're we're 75 minutes in and that didn't talk any champions tour, but I that I think that's part two. When you come down here, uh, we're in Jack, so we'll be there out out there all week, and we can sit down in person and just do a whole champions tour podcast if you're up for it, because I know you got some stories. Whatever you need, I'm awesome. here. Awesome. We'll let you go for now, but thank you so much for the stories and the perspective and uh, great. Uh, Great to chat with you. That was fun. I love it. Take care, Rocco. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Cheers. Thanks. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect. 